Welcome to the crux of investing in finance, everybody. My name is Jay, and thank you for joining me. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means a lot to me. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram at Investonomics Education and our Facebook page at Investonomics. So please sit back, relax, and I hope you can learn something new. Before we dive in today, I just want to say that this is a primarily video-based show. So for to get the full experience, you should go to Investonomics YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can follow the video there for a nice visual representation of what I'm going to be talking about. Welcome everyone, and this week we're going to be talking about EBITDA. So, what does it mean? And is it useful in finance? That's the questions we're going to be answering today. So EBITDA, in its shortest form, stands for Earnings Before Interest, Taxes, Depreciation, and Amortization. And we're going to walk through this in more detail because there's some big words involved with this. So let's walk through this. EBITDA essentially is a measure of gross earnings, which means that costs have not been subtracted because it adds back most of the costs from net income, which is no costs. utilizes a company's total earnings and then subtracts interest from the outstanding taxes. And since debt interest is tax deductible, which means that the two essentially cancel out. And this is kind of a drawback. So this weakens the measure, especially when considering that investment property, capital, and human capital, which in economics we call labor, is excluded. In general, the aim of EBITDA is to provide a clear picture of a company's profitability on paper. So in its construction, costs just don't affect it and they don't have any bearing on it. So it can be seen as a more solid foundation to observe financial stability. The measure is not required to be reported by US law for reasons we'll look at below but they can easily be calculated using financial statements of a certain company. So in terms of the earnings, interests, and taxes, this comes from the income statement that's published quarterly, and the depreciation and amortization come from a cash flow statement, which is also published quarterly. EBITDA also indicates total earnings before the deduction of costs. And this is essentially gross earnings. And this is associated with the factors mentioned. It's therefore also a useful measure of operating profit. You accountants will know what I'm talking about. Often used as a metric to analyze cash flow as well. In its most common use, EBITDA is used to compare similar companies in the same industry. The measure facilitates this by leveling the playing field. And we'll take a look at this here. So in terms of tax, the tax rates often differ by region and size of cash flows or by business. And the interest on debt may be based on the size and term of the loan. Additionally, certain types of equipment and intangibles may depreciate or amortize at different rates. And this all take care of it, takes care of it. All of these are considered in the EBITDA measure, which makes it very useful when comparing companies within one industry. 
So let's backtrack a little bit and take a look at what some of these words mean. So first, let's start with amortization. So simply stated, it averaged the cost of an intangible asset over its useful lifetime. So a good example is a patent. If it costs $20,000 to buy a patent and expires in five years, we amortize this cost at $4,000 per year. Essentially, it's financing. And this differs from depreciation in that we actually assume there's no resale value at expiration of the patent. So now we can take a look at depreciation as well. It's a term often used in finance and in economics. So essentially what it is, is the delegation of costs of a fixed asset over its useful life. So an example would be that of a construction company that we'll use here. So if a bulldozer, which is a piece of physical capital, is purchased for $100,000 and its value depreciates by 10% per year and the company wants to use it for five years, this can be seen as a cost of $10,000 per year less its resale value after five years. So in this example, that's $50,000. So much like interest on debt, depreciation is used as a business expense and is therefore tax deductible. So companies actually like depreciation, believe it or not. When EBITDA is negative, generally speaking, it indicates a very poor financial health of the company and or a poor cash flow system. But when it's positive, it's a more tricky situation. And this is because it does not guarantee that the company is doing well financially. This is mainly due to uh, EBITDA ignoring potentially high-cost operations, such as replacing old capital, which is the depreciation that's overlooked, or high debt obligations of certain companies, which is the interest that's overlooked, high outstanding tax bills, which many companies have in the United States, which is the taxes that are ignored, and expired intangibles needing replacement, which is the amortization that's ignored. So EBITDA excludes capital expenditures, which poses a problem in many financial situations. It, in some industries, this is a huge part of cost structure. Warren Buffett's actually one of the f most famous people that has talked on EBITDA and has said that it is a very poor profitability measure. So it's also been criticized and misused in its power to ignore such capital costs, which has led to overstating of profitability. And of course, this leads to investor overconfidence because of that. So due to this ability to overstate profitability, the SEC, or Securities and Exchange Commission, has omitted EBITDA from financial statements legally and has replaced it with net income as the sole measure of profitability. Instead, investors may also look at a measure called the EBITDA margin, and this is a more popular one. So it essentially divides EBITDA by total revenue of the company in order to highlight cost-cutting efforts that they're taking part in. It shows operating profit as a percentage of total revenue, which shows how much of it is unaccounted for. And these are then the costs. A high EBITDA margin illustrates a profitable company in that revenue and operating profits are close, which means there are low costs associated with it. 
besides the ones captured by EBITDA. And it creates a clearer picture for investors to see if the company is worth investing into. So in closing, EBITDA is not a convincing measure for investors to solely base their investment decisions on, but it is useful in terms of comparison of similar companies in the same industry. And this is much like the PE ratio. So the EBITDA margin and net income figures are more decisive in finding true profitability of a company and to make a more informed investment decision. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating on here. It means a lot to me. And make sure to write a little review, either what we can improve or what you liked. That helps us out a bunch. I'll see you guys next time.